You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host David Drogmeyer and on today's show to get into this free agency frenzy starting this week we have one of the original members of the show John Kegley on with us. Before we get started today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. We are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. And we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Well, it, today is the day because it is time for the free agency to really pop off. And we are recording this on Sunday night. So, I mean, by the time you hear this, by the time we make up, things could be totally different but we still have a lot to talk about today before we get started thank you to all of our first time listeners we really appreciate you guys checking out the show and a special thank you of course to all of our loyal fans checking back in with us again at a really exciting time and we've already seen some big moves go down today of course we're going to be starting the show by a couple of cuts that opened up a lot of salary cap space by the chargers we already knew that trey turner is going to get released more than likely according to reports but We really weren't sure about Casey Hayward, and now we know Casey Hayward has been released by the Chargers, opening up another almost $10 million in cap space, but taking another starter out of the rotation for the Chargers and adding another position that they are going to have to fill during free agency or the draft. So a lot to get into there. We'll start there in the first segment. In the second segment, we're going to talk about a couple of guys that we were hoping by the time we recorded this would be re-signed to the Chargers in Michael Davis and Hunter Henry. I mean, at this point... Like I said, it could be different by the time you guys hear this. They are not re-signed. The Chargers really haven't, I mean, haven't re-signed anyone at this point from, you know, all of their internal free agents. So we'll talk about our panic level there. And also, you know, Hunter Henry talking to TMZ Sports and talking about how he's not ruling out the Chargers as his final destination. To wrap up the show, we're going to talk about what Rayshon Jenkins had to say on social media, making it seem like he might be elsewhere probably will be elsewhere in 2021 and also just talk about where the charges are at heading into this all the different positions they are going to have to fill out during this offseason so let's go ahead and get into it one of the moves that we sort of saw coming if we were listening to the reports I mean it was pretty well reported it was almost a foregone conclusion that Chargers right guard Trey Turner was going to be released especially just because of the salary cap I mean he had an 11 and a half million dollar salary cap hit in 2021 He had no dead cap hit if he were to be released, but now it is official, David. And I mean, for Trey Turner, obviously, it was a down season for him. He only got to play in nine games. He started all nine games that he played in. But last season, we just saw a big drop off in him. I mean, if you look at his pro football focus grades, you can see how terrible they are. But I mean, just the eye test, he just didn't seem like the same physical player in the running game. He didn't seem great in pass protection. I mean, 19 pressures allowed. In 2018, he had 18 pressures allowed and 479 pass blocking snaps. This year, he gave up 19 and 343. So that's definitely not a good number there. And I mean, I definitely think he'll catch on somewhere else. I mean, it's not like his his career is going to be over by any means. But this was kind of a no-brainer for the Chargers, especially considering the other needs that they have and what other good things they can do with that money. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at the trade for Trey Turner, getting rid of Russell Okung and bringing in Trey Turner. You were excited because you're like, okay, this is a guy who's got multiple Pro Bowls under his belt. But I, I think this is just another lesson of, hey, Pro Bowls are not everything. And you really have to go out there and perform on the football field. And unfortunately for Trey Turner, he wasn't healthy. And then when he was out there, he wasn't effective. And I just think we expected this physical presence, this guy that was going to be able to come in and maul people and pan get pancakes on a regular basis um, and you know just provide some stability to that position, but that did not happen. So the one-year rental for Trey Turner does not work out. The Chargers make the easy move, the smart move, by cutting him, saving $11 million against the cap, and they can now take that money and reinvest it either in their own team or getting some more help on the interior. I mean, but hey, again, with this cut, Daniel, that means that they're just going to have to fill another position on an already very crippled offensive line. This offensive line is going to look much different next year. I mean, as of right now, it definitely is. I mean, there's still a chance they bring back Forrest Lamp or Dan Feeney or even Sam Tevy potentially, but we all know now that, I mean, these coaches don't have ties to these players, and you're seeing that with these cuts. This might not be a cut that gets made before Brandon Staley comes in. I mean, Trey Turner probably would happen. Casey Hayward probably not as much. I mean, the Chargers have been known for keeping players a year too long instead of getting rid of, rid of them a year early. But, John, I mean, $11.5 million, that's a good starting point to probably fill two interior line positions. It's at least a good start to potentially bring in two guys that could upgrade this offensive line instead of one guy who was really giving subpar play. Or it's it's enough to get depth as well. Maybe you have two guys that are slightly above average, if not average, and then you draft two offensive linemen, and now you have depth that didn't cost you that much and still have money left over. There's a lot of things you can do with that money now. You don't have to necessarily spend it all on two guys. But now you have options, and that's the good thing. Before, it was really narrowed down to you don't have that much money. You have to get rid of somebody or sign some cheap guys, but now you have way more options now. And it makes it kind of interesting because now you have really good names out there. And now do you go for those really good names like a Corey Tensley? Or do you go for guys like towards the more bottom of the good names like a Nick Martin? Which might be a little bit cheaper, but you won't get the high performance and it's more of a risk. Like, what do you do with that now? I mean, that's going to be the biggest question. But, I mean, even for Corey Lindsley, like $11.5 million, I mean, even if that's, you know, somewhere near the annual average value, I mean, who would you rather have? You know, Corey Lindsley or Trey Turner? I think that's a pretty easy decision for almost any Chargers fan to make after seeing what we did from Trey Turner. And obviously, I hope he bounces back and. I don't know if he necessarily, you know, was able because of health to put forward his best foot. But either way, it's a business. He's gone. This is the one that hurts, though, because it's Casey Hayward. And I think it only hurts because he did so much for the Chargers. I mean, he came in as a bargain. Tom Telesco patented, you know, free agent signing. David came in, led the league in interceptions, was super solid for his first four seasons, and then had a massive drop off this past year in 2020. And the biggest thing outside of, you know, getting beat deep and the average depth of target against him being 14.2, which is the highest he's had in the last three years. It was the tackling that surprised me the most. I mean, in 2018, according to Pro Football Reference, he missed 4.2% of his tackles 2019. He more than doubled that with missing 8.6% of his tackles. And then they skyrocketed, which you could see if you watch the games in 2020, he missed 18% of his tackles. So it wasn't just 
getting beat deep. And Ian Rapport did say it wasn't a scheme fit. Is that's where his words, he didn't say Staley or the Chargers ended up saying that. That probably makes sense too. But I think at the end of the day, it's getting beat deep, poor play, and you know, poor tackling as well. Well, and also age too. I mean, you look at Casey and he's over the age of 30. And for a cornerback, I mean, it's statistically proven. And also with the eye test, unfortunately, these athletes tend to go down very, very quickly when they hit the age of 30 and they go over that. So, and unfortunately, that was the truth for for Casey. I mean, the first couple of years that he comes in, he's a shutdown corner. I think he will always be looked at as one of the better free agency pickups by the Chargers in their history. Uh, I mean, even, even he recognized. I mean, he had five years with the Bolts, two Pro Bowls, two All-Pros, he was a Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, um, but he, one thing he said is that he wished he could have done more, and while he was there, the Chargers had some good teams. They had some opportunities to go out there and perform better. Unfortunately for Casey Hayward, I think the writing was on the wall. The thi- all, all the logical things that you mentioned, Daniel, they all kind of add up, but I think emotionally, a lot of Charger fans weren't even really considering this move to being to be made, and I mean, you look at it logically, it's an easy move to make, but emotionally it's very difficult so I think a lot of us were caught a little bit off guard but again I think this is another thing that you have to remember is the new regime these coaches are not tied to Casey Hayward in any way so I think this is just Brandon Staley and the Chargers organization clearly stating hey we are looking to go in a different direction yeah and the dead cap it will end up being two million from that move but at the same time you end up saving 9.75 so you're really opening up $20 million in cap space by doing just these two moves to, you know, move on from struggling players. And I think one of the underrated parts of his game, as the Chargers put in their statement, or Tom Telesco did, was starting 75 of 78 games, being a multi-year captain. I mean, he meant a lot to this team, no doubt about it, John. But I think with the new scheme, with the age, with the salary cap, all of those things, I mean, it is the right move, and we still weren't necessarily sure the Chargers were going to make it. Well, it's really just the salary cap. I think that's the real thing. I think with without the salary cap move, I think they maybe give him one chance under the new regime, just maybe. But I think with the salary cap hit coming this year, with it just shrinking, they had to make moves that freed up money. And based on poor performance last season, Trey Turner's poor performance last season, those two moves made more sense. Uh I wasn't too surprised by it. I was actually waiting for it to happen. Um, was, was there a little bit of doubt in the back of my mind that they would do it? Yeah, because it's the Chargers. We know that they don't always make the logical move. But I was kind of waiting for it to happen at the same time. With all, The way the situation is with the money and all these cap hits and cap situations, Casey Hayward was just bound to be one of them. and There was just no way he was staying on the team. He was either getting traded or getting cut. But this now shows that maybe we can re-sign Michael Davis possibly. Now we've freed up money. Now this makes maybe an interesting move for Hunter Henry or even some other guys that are on our free agent list that are our guys that can possibly still stay with these two moves. So do you keep the chemistry or is, do you go with more Staley guys that are hitting the free agent market like a Leonard Floyd or something? Like That's really the question that goes on now now that you're getting rid of the older guys. It's a big move, and right now the Chargers don't have two of their three starting corners under contract. So in the next segment, we'll be getting into Michael Davis and Hunter Henry 
His latest comments about not ruling the Chargers out in free agency and his favorite quarterback, spoiler alert, you already know who it is, but we're going to get into that as well as all the Chargers' new options with their new fan salary cap coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. And guess what, guys? It's March Madness. It's the best time to bet. Get your money in now because when you have March Madness on the TV, you have 20 games in the span of two to three days. I mean, there's just nothing quite like it. If you want to add some juice to your bracket, put some money on it with betonline.ag. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on, all caps, one word. That's free money to bet with, guys, at betonline.ag. All right, guys, well, we talked about the players that the Chargers released, and it seems like at this point, maybe, you know, guys like Limval Joseph and Chris Harris Jr., guys who were having big salary cap hits in 2021, but still a vital part of the team. Those guys, at least at this point, look like they're sticking around, but I mean, who knows? Either way, the Chargers have a ton of positions to fill. And they could add a couple of, you know, they could erase a couple of those, I should say, by making two signings that I think at this point we were hoping would have already happened with Michael Davis and Hunter Henry. I mean, these are two key players to the Chargers. I mean, two above average players at their position. Hunter Henry is obviously a top 10 tight end. Michael Davis is, I don't know if he's a top 10 corner, but I think he is an above average corner. And not just that, more importantly, he was the best corner on the Chargers last season, John. And we were just talking about, you know, you don't have Casey Hayward. Now, you need to have Michael Davis back. I mean, by the time we, you know, wake up tomorrow, hopefully Michael Davis is signed to a multi-year contract extension. Maybe they can get to him before other teams could potentially put in bids that are going to raise the price. But I'm a little alarmed right now because with all of the spots the Chargers need to fill, seeing the fact that they have cut Casey Hayward and still haven't made a priority to re-sign Michael Davis is something, I mean, that's a little bit worrisome right now just because, like I said, he was their best corner in 2020. It's definitely worrisome. You got guys in the league that are already re-signing, like Aaron Jones on the Packers, signing a multi-year deal. So the fact that the Chargers haven't made a move to re-signing one of these guys before they hit the market and now other teams are starting to go, but hey, wait, we can offer you more is starting to get worrisome. Michael Davis was your best corner last year. He's a young, up-and-coming guy as well. And he's probably going to cost you less than some other free agent corners that are could probably play at the same level, if not better, than Michael Davis. But he's your guy. He's been with the organization. Some of the other guys on the team already have some chemistry with him. you got to find a way to re-sign him. In, in my opinion, this is my opinion. I know I'm probably going to get some hate from David for this, but I think Michael Davis is more of a priority than Hunter Henry is when it comes to re-signing guys. I believe a corner is a lot harder to find than a tight end is. I see a lot of decently priced tight ends that are less than Hunter Henry that are probably just as productive compared to Michael Davis, where if you want to get someone as good or better than Michael Davis, you're probably going to have to spend more money. And if you spend less money than that, you're probably not going to get much production. So I think Michael Davis is your priority right now. Actually, you're not going to get any hate from me because I agree with you. I think Hunter Henry's stats have been okay, uh, but they haven't been spectacular. He's not a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle. He's not putting up like 
you know, world beater numbers from the tight end position. So I agree. I think Michael Davis is more important because he is young, because he has the prototypical size and speed, and he's proven that he can perform in that system. And I think he's versatile versatile enough to adjust as well. And I'm excited to see what Brendan Staley will do with with Michael Davis and what positions he's going to put him in to succeed. So I agree that Michael Davis is more important. And I'm very alarmed because even after the Chargers have made those two cuts to add more than $20 million in cap space, you would figure that they would get these deals done immediately. And also, if Tom Telesco wants to abide by his core philosophies of signing guys and retaining your own guys and taking care of your own people, then these deals would have already been done already. That's what I don't understand about this situation. These deals, honestly, Daniel, should have already been done. And the fact that they're not, it just makes me think that maybe these guys aren't in the plans. Yeah, I mean, with the amount of holes the Chargers are going to have to fill, you would think somebody would be re-signed at this point. And I think the biggest X factor here is we don't know what Brandon Staley thinks of Michael Davis, right? There's certain guys that we've heard these guys talking about, you know, with the players that they have. I mean, even Casey Hayward was one of the guys Brandon Staley talked about with this secondary. But Michael Davis hasn't come up a lot, and we just don't know how Brandon Staley feels about Michael Davis at this point. But guess what? Trying to find two starting-level corners in free agency is going to cost a pretty penny. And if you let him get to the open market, I do think he's one of the, you know, lesser known guys in this cornerback class because I mean if you read any top free agent list or something like that he's not popping up very high on the list like Hunter Henry who's number two on ESPN's free agent list right now I mean Michael Davis is flying under the radar you might be able to get a deal done there it's extremely alarming that it hasn't got done yet and Hunter Henry I mean he seems like at least over the weekend with some of the comments that you know he might be back with the Chargers he talked to TMZ Sports and he said I will say I'm not ruling out the Chargers as far as where he's going in free agency. I'm not ruling out the Chargers, and I won't rule out the Chargers. And they also asked him who his favorite quarterback was, and he said, there's a lot of quarterbacks I respect and look forward to playing with, which is kind of, you know, maybe hinting towards something. He said, but Herbie's my guy. Love him. So I do think that this is something that, I mean, it doesn't say whether he's coming back or not. But it does seem like, hey, you know, they're at the table, right? It does seem like his agent, Tom Tuesco, are trying to work something out. But for him, I just don't see the incentive for him, John, to not see what he would get on the open market. I mean, that's with both of these guys. I'm just saying they should do it right now for the price. But at the same time, just because they're not re-signed at this point doesn't mean they're not coming back. But I do think the likelihood goes down by quite a bit. It really does. The Chargers don't have a lot of money to offer when it comes to how many holes they have to fill. So you need to really get these guys for the price that you can get now. Once they hit the open market and really see stuff, I mean, it could go your way. You never know. Maybe they hit the open market and they don't get anywhere close to as much money as they thought they would, and then all their price goes down. You know, I mean, it's a possibility. But at the same time, once they go out there and see what other teams that are desperate for somebody are willing to put up, now the price goes up. So if right now, let's say Hunter Henry was about, say, $10, 11000000 million right now like per year was, his, was the price to get him right now. Once he goes in the market and he all of a sudden he sees like, oh, hey, the Jets are willing to offer $15 million a year. And now he's like, oh, okay. Now the Chargers are like, okay, we can't give you $16 million a year. There's no way. We can't. We don't have the cap space for that. Now that's no longer an option. you got to get these guys for the price they're at now. Once they hit the open market, I think you can say both of them are gone guaranteed. Michael Davis is probably the slightest bit chance. 
just because, you, like you said, he's flying under the radar. So someone might not offer him that big of a contract and the Chargers can still compete with it. I mean, if he was going just based on his 2020 performance, I mean, it would be a 10 plus million dollar contract just given what corners are making these days if you know you just stacked him up against some of the other guys on the market and what they did in 2020 I think he'd be up there with some of the best so I think it is at this point a little alarming the Chargers haven't gotten either of these guys or anybody re-signed up until this point and I do think they could come to regret it because at this point even if they bring those guys back the price just went up and I mean it just now became much less likely, and of course, we're probably going to wake up tomorrow. Both of those guys are going to be back to the Chargers on a multi-year contract. But there is one guy who doesn't seem like he's coming back to the Chargers, and that's Rayshon Jenkins, who put out a cryptic tweet over the weekend. And we're going to get into what all of that means in all of the starting positions the Chargers have to fill this offseason. Coming up right after this, but first I need to tell you guys about Built Bar Madness. The best protein bar on the planet right now is having a face-off against itself. All of the best Built Bars out there are going up each against each other in Built Bar Madness, the bracket that is breaking the internet. You guys can find it at Built underscore Bar on Twitter and vote for all of your flavors that you like the most. Today's matchup is Toffee Almond versus Mint Brownie. This is a sore subject for me because I really want a banana nut bread to make it out of the first round. I think they should have got a buy. Instead, Toffee Almond moves on. So for that reason only, I'm going to say mint brownie all the way go there make it happen and of course remember guys if you guys want to get the best protein bar in the world that are all 100 percent covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew you can even save some money since you are one of our listeners all you have to do is go to beltbar.com and use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order that is locked 15 for 15 percent your next order at beltbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the world all right, guys, to wrap up the show today, I do want to start with something that makes it seem like another Charger starter is not coming back in 2021 and could potentially mean one of the big free agents out there could be at the top of the list as far as external free agents go. And that is Rayshon Jenkins, because Rayshon Jenkins posted a video of some of his highlights and he said, scary hours, two years starting. I'm just getting started. Excited to see where we headed next. So, David. That implies that he is not coming back to the Chargers. At least that's what everyone's thinking. That's what I kind of think it means. And with everything that happened, even with Casey Hayward, one part of that I forgot to mention is he talked to Jocena Anderson and basically said that the Chargers tried to get him traded so he could keep that, you know, 11 plus million dollar salary in the 2021 season. But it makes it seem like these conversations are happening not only potentially with guys like Casey Hayward, but maybe for Rayshon Jenkins. At this point, maybe the Chargers have told him you're not in the plans for the future. Yeah, it certainly seems that way after this message from Rayshon Jenkins. I mean, he's basically saying, hey, guys, um, just letting you know, here's some of my highlights. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking for a new job. So if you want to come hire me, please do that. It seems like the Chargers made it clear that, uh, hey, Rayshon, we appreciate what you've done the last couple of years, but we are going to go in a different direction. And maybe that direction is John Johnson the third. Who knows? But we're going to find out very soon in free agency. But 
Yeah, I mean, Rayshon Jenkins should find some suitors. I mean, he's got some versatility. He's played strong safety and free safety. He's got his hands on the football a little bit more this past season than seasons past. I think that uh, he's going to have some some places to go, but I don't think the Chargers or the Chargers defense is going to miss Rayshon Jenkins very much. So, uh, I mean, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes and joins Gus Bradley with the Raiders. Uh, but, yes, I do think that Rayshon Jenkins has worn a Chargers jersey for the last time. I mean, I honestly think probably the time he got his hands on the ball the most was probably when he was playing free safety in 2019. I mean, definitely, you know, his most interceptions in a season. And he, you know, played pretty well playing the deep middle of the field in coverage. Tackling coming up from that position was always a huge issue for him. Tackling last year, I mean, had some really good tackles. Missed some pretty brutal tackles. I do think he's improved. And I think this is a move, John, that potentially Chargers in the past would settle maybe for Rayshon Jenkins. And it is a dangerous game because what if you don't get John Johnson? What if you don't find one of the top safeties on the market? Now you're going back to Nazir Adderley and Derwin James, depending on what Brandon Staley thinks about these guys. But, I mean, it is a big swing, but I do, I guess, admire the fact that they're not just aiming for mediocrity, aiming for average, which I think is what Rayshon Jenkins was at the end of the day, an average NFL safety. I would say below average NFL safety, but, I mean, this year he was better, I guess, so you can give him the status of average, but either way, he's not someone that if he is lost, you're not going to miss sleep at night. He's probably easily replaceable with another average safety that's out there somewhere that's going to be probably the same price as him. But you need to take your chances here. If you end up getting someone like John Johnson or whoever else is out there that they might be aiming for, it's an upgrade. you got to take your chances, especially with this year with the cap situation. you got to take your chances at trying to get someone that will really fill the spots and with how good of a defensive mind Staley has, I'm willing to have him take chances on the defense because I think whoever he brings in, he knows is going to work well with his scheme. If this was an offensive move, then you know maybe you're questioning it just a little bit because now this is a big risk. But on defense, I think Staley knows what he wants and knows what fits, and maybe Rayshon's not the guy that fits, and he's willing to take the chance on Rayshon not being there. If whoever he wants to sign is not there – and all the other options are gone, and it comes down to, well, Rayshon's been here. Let's bring him back. I think he's willing to take that risk. And I think it comes down to contingency plans to me because that was one of our biggest issues with Anthony Lynn. What's the backup plan if you move on from Rayshon Jenkins and you can't get John Johnson the third, right? Because it's a pretty dry safety market out there. And what that means is the price for John Johnson is going up because he's, you know, one of, if not the top guy on the market, and there's plenty of teams that need safety help. It's not a position that gets paid a ton in the NFL, but look what Buda Baker's making, right? So I do think there's a chance that they get priced out of John Johnson, and I think with the amount of necessity they have on the offensive line and filling that position group up, it's pretty tough to say, you know, you're going to have enough to go after top-tier guys like that while still having a chance at top-tier guys like Corey Lindsley or Joe Thune or, you know, any of those more expensive top-tier players. And I think that's another alarming thing for this team right now is the amount of starting spots from 2020 that have to be filled in 2021. Let's go through it. Left tackle, left guard, center, right guard. As of now, two starting cornerback spots you don't have. Your starting free safety isn't there slash strong safety in Rayshon Jenkins. Your starting tight end 
isn't under contract for next season. I mean, there are a ton of spots to fill, David, and even though the Chargers are freeing up a bunch of cap space, the list of guys they're going to have to address in the draft and free agency is getting longer and longer. The pressure is getting ratcheted up, and you don't want to have to go into the draft having every team know exactly the positions you need to have filled. Yeah, you definitely don't, but I mean, there's plenty of things that the Chargers are going to be able to get done in this free agency if they use that cap space that they recently increased wisely. I mean, the Chargers can go out and get some upgrades on the offensive line and not break the bank at the guard positions. I think they can make a trade or they can go sign a tackle in the in the offseason and not have to worry too much about, you know, expending too much draft capital on on that position in the draft, although they should add to that as well. But yes, I mean, the Chargers are going to have to sign multiple guys in free agency so that when they get to the draft, they don't have to feel feel so much pressure about adding so many different contributors and guys that are going to have to come in and compete right away. They need to add premium talent on the offensive line this year. I think Tom Telesco knows that. And my bold prediction here is that they're going to sign two big ticket free agents on the offensive line to big money contracts in the next couple of days. I am super excited for free agency. Let's get it. Well, it's also when you once you hit the draft, if you, you know exactly what positions you need, so does everybody else. If if it's so obvious, like if you have two corner options open, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's so easy to be like, oh, well, the Chargers are obviously going to go for a corner here. Maybe we can kind of spice up a trade here, or we just move ahead of them and we get the corner we want. Like it really opens up what your plan is going to be and teams that want the same thing are going to move ahead of you. Or if you want to trade and they know you want to trade, now you have to give up a lot. Like it's really hard. You got to really fill some positions and make it less obvious. And right now it seems like no matter what they do in free agency, they're going to need at least, you know, one or two offensive linemen and a corner in the first three rounds. I mean, that's what it feels like, or even the first three picks potentially. So when you pigeonhole yourself like that, and I mean, none of us really know, you know, what Tom Telesco is thinking, but it makes it much tougher and it gives other teams the chances to trade in front of you, like John's saying. And I mean, you add that to the fact that they're, you know, meeting up with guys like Travis Etienne and Rondale Moore, who were both guys who were going the second round and were not even talking about needs at the running back and wide receiver position, I think, you know, raises some concern. But Good thing is, we'll be back with you guys later on tonight recording with all of the aftermath of what I'm sure is going to be a crazy first day of free agency. According to Tom Pellicero, the legal tampering period is going to start at 12 p.m. Eastern time on Monday, March 15th, and I think it's going to be bananas. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow with all of the latest news. Hopefully we get some Chargers-specific news, but also Tom Telesco is usually not heard from in the first couple of days of free agency. So we'll see if that changes. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. Make sure to go give us a like on Facebook on our page, LockedOnChargers, and give us a follow on our new Instagram page, at LockedOnChargers. If you don't already, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your show from, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from. That's the fastest and easiest way to get the show, especially with the daily format. We will be doing some voicemails this week. If you guys want to get on the show, the number is 323 323- 524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. We will be back with our reactions to all of the madness from the first day of free agency tomorrow, guys. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.